This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. Welcome everybody to the special Grammy edition of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This is episode 118 and my name is Adam. I'm Maya. I'm Diane. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. We got a full panel tonight. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! So thank you to everybody listening. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Like I said, we're going to be talking about the Grammys. But first, something I wanted to point out, something that happened during the Grammys made me giggle. What happened? We got a tweet from at Dustin underscore Cody <laughs> who said, Taylor Talk, can y'all ask Steve what it was like to watch the Beatles on Ed Sullivan show? We all know he was around 50 years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> um, I think good, my mom though. watched it, but yeah, Steve Steve wasn't here for that. My no. mom definitely watched it. <laughs> I, I am old, but I am not that old. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, I'm really glad that Sammy is here on the panel with us today because it's a very special day. Not only were the Grammys tonight, but we got the return of the T-Swift on Tour tour update. So, Sammy... Can you give us our first yeah. update for the European tour? Sure. Um, so the first European show will be in London at the O2 on February 1st, which is next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And uh, T-Swift on tour will, of course, be live updating as always. And on Sundays, we will be back with our weekly Red Tour wrap-ups. Awesome. Thank you, Sammy. How'd that feel doing it like live and and yeah. not pre-recorded where you could that, just that was scary <laughs> that was scary not gonna lie one take. <laughs> you did fine <laughs> i know you did it all in one take see when the pressure's on you can do it yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so let's get into our grammy discussion just a brief background on the grammy really quick or the grammy awards they're presented by the recording academy and from their website the grammys are the only peer presented award to honor artistic achievement technical proficiency and overall excellence in the recording industry without regard to album sales or chart positions mm, cool mm, interesting okay so that could possibly explain the results of tonight <laughs> the fact that they Just don't a little bit. take into account <laughs> album sales but <laughs> before we get that far let's start with the red carpet her dress i'm gonna turn it over to the ladies on the panel because well I would just sound like a bumbling dum-dum if I was talking about a dress because I don't know anything about dresses. So, I don't know. Someone take it away. Okay. Um, I didn't like it. I'm just going to throw that out there. I feel like her dress looked like chain mail. It was and, made out of chain and mail. And it looked like a t-shirt at the top. And I was it's just like, bored. Yeah. I don't I know. Feel like... like, the texture was interesting, but it almost, like, I feel like I get the sort of chain link mail whatever idea but it was so small that it kind of just looked like mesh it looked like like a mesh t-shirt that just kept going <laughs> I'm gonna be description and see what they say on fashion police tomorrow because Callie Osborne was in love with it and so was Ross um when he saw it I think she did the 360 but I'm not 100 percent sure um but I think it's one of those dresses that you have to see in person to appreciate um, which is really not fair to us because we can't see it in person. Um, but yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of it either. I did, I know, however, just like, 
I feel like lately she's been taking such lovely risks with her dresses. And this one was so not a risk at all, even a little bit. Okay, so what about her performance either. dress? Oh my god, I okay, that was dress. beautiful. I wanted to see the whole dress. I wanted her to stay in that dress. I don't really know why she didn't. Yeah, that one was beautiful. Okay, so we have a positive feeling on on that dress. Good. I feel better yes. now. <laughs> I'm a terrible upset? I'm a terrible judge of wardrobe and and then to hear you all being like, "Oh, her dress was awful." I'm just like, it's not "Oh, awful. it's just not. not awful. It's not something we would have chosen for her to wear. Like she looks so great in so many different styles and that's just not something that we feel like i wish she would have worn the dress that colby calais wore yeah <laughs> what was that like it was um it was red um red, and the it, top it, of it was lace and there was kind of there was like a see-through panel that went from like her shoulder on one side down to like her hip on the other side there was like was so it, like it went like, like right through the middle of her chest it was neck. pretty yeah it was really nice I'm terrible at visualizing, so I have no idea what you're talking about. But with <laughs> there's pictures online, it shouldn't be that difficult. I know, but I didn't pay attention to Colby Calais' dress, Steve. This isn't oh. uh, Colby talk. <laughs> Colby chat. Well, you, could, you could always make that if you really wanted to. The Colby chat. Like the I like the red carpet dress. It was sparkly, and Taylor always does well with sparkly dresses. Okay, so Steve may, liked it. May it may have been a little bit of chainmail looking thing. I mean, it's not like she had like you know. A crazy helmet on, but I'm sure we'll talk more about helmets later. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> oh, we'll get to the helmet, Steve. Don't you worry. Okay. And speaking of the helmets, maybe we should talk for a minute about the awards. Taylor was nominated for four of them and left with zero. Uh, Ouch. This is the first time since 2010 that she has been nominated and has not won. Ah, fascinating stat, Sammy, but still hurts, hurts nonetheless. Oh, yeah. So country duo... Went to Civil Wars. Deserved or should it have been Taylor's? I haven't heard the song, so I don't I know. Haven't I haven't heard love that song. Either. I think it's a really good song, and well, I love the Civil they Wars. Didn't break up last year? Yes. Then they've been, they recorded this album broken up. Interesting. Oh, that's interesting. That's why it's fun. That's really they interesting. They were broken up, and they don't talk to each other, but they, they recorded this entire album while not talking to each other. That's a little awkward. So True, what? Truly a Civil War, if you will. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Steve's got jokes. Um, Maya. So, what song was this? They uh, it's for? called "From This Valley." Okay. Um, it's very like traditional country. Um, a lot of banjos, that kind of thing. Some really gorgeous harmony. It's kind of it almost has sort of like a gospel feel to it. Um, yeah, it's just like a really great, solid country song. See, now that's the award though that I thought for sure Taylor had in the bag because she was up for Highway Don't Care with Tim McGraw and Keith Urban. So yeah. it's just that like trio of those big names because I'm starting to feel at this point like industry voted awards Taylor has started to kind of go downhill on. Whatever the reason, I personally feel maybe a lot of the industry people are jealous of how many awards she already has. So they're <laughs> like, let's give someone else a chance. That could be true. It could be true, but I thought for sure because that was also with Tim McGraw and Keith Urban. I thought that was th that she had that one, and it really kind of bugs me that she didn't. Yeah, I guess the Grammy people wanted to go for you know more of a sort of an underdog with that. They one. tend to do that a lot, though. Like they yeah, go for true. the underdog. Like if you look at the past couple of winners for Best New Artist, it's always the underdog minus this year. But nine times out of ten, it's the underdog. Well, they do say it's without regard to album sales or chart yeah. position, so right. that would make right. sense. They're just looking at the song and, like, yeah, not about how well it's sold or anything, just the song itself. 
I mean, and that from this valley is a really great song. So right now, country album went to Casey Musgraves. This Fair. One I was shocked about. Or, I really thought Taylor I was shocked had this too. I wasn't, and I'll tell you why. I don't know if they consider Red to be country enough. Yeah, I, that that is probably the only debate you could give. I thought she was going to lose that one and then get Album of the Year, which we'll get to in a sec. But Casey is country through and through. Yeah, yeah, she that's is. true. She's definitely more traditional country. Taylor has country songs, but this album was interlaced with pop music mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So I'd say that one was a fair vote, personally. Yeah. Who else was nominated so. in that category? Jason Aldean... Yeah, I guess, I mean, I had said earlier that if anyone was going to win, it would be Casey other than Taylor. But Blake Shelton, though, would be another good mm-hmm. choice. He was up for that, too. I don't know. I have my qualms with Blake Shelton. <laughs> what about Tim McGraw? He was up for that, too. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. It was a tough competition. It was. She had really, really tough competition in all the categories this year. Like, music this past year in 2013, like... A lot of new artists came out, you know, these songs of the summer that were, you know, everyone was singing, even if you didn't want to sing them. There right. were a lot of songs like that. <laughs> right. Now, Country Song also went to Casey Musgraves for um, Merry Go Round. It beat Begin Again. Yeah, I wasn't surprised about that either. That I almost kind of agree with a little bit. I Just thought if it it's wasn't such a brilliantly written song. Yeah, like, I thought if it I wasn't going to be Begin Again to Bits, I do, I really do. Mm-hmm. But like Merry Go Round is so interesting and creative and like just so well written that like I think it deserves it. See, mm-hmm. I think it's a tough call, but one thing that did sort of console me is the fact that like I, I was looking through the nominees while the award show was going on and noticed that two songs were actually at least co written by the performer. And it was merry-go-round and begin again. Yeah, and the other thing with that category is that Casey Musgraves was up against herself and that she yeah. was nominated for Mama's Broken Heart also. Right. As a writer, yeah. yeah. And Shane McAnally too, I think. Yeah. But I just have like a personal feeling. Like I think in order for a performer to actually be an artist, they have to at least have a hand in writing their music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. I have trouble with awards like, like Grammys going to people who just get on stage and sing someone else's music. That's just Some I of them know. are about performance, though. Like, there are the separate, like, pop solo performance, country duo group performance. Yeah, but this was country other... song. Yeah. See, I'm talking about this category I agree, here. But other ones, not so much. So, personally, yeah. in my mind, it was between Casey Musgraves and Taylor. Yeah, absolutely. And Casey's just one up her in that case. But, but I think everyone in that category actually was a songwriter on the songs that were nominated. I think that actually for whatever song it is, it actually is based on being a songwriter, but not so much if you just it was your album. Okay. Yeah, because I'm looking at it here and uh, mine would be you. Blake Shelton was one of the songwriters on. Mama's Broken Heart, even though Casey Musgraves was one of the main people that wrote that song. Miranda Lambert also wrote that. I Drive Your Truck, Lee Bryce. Steve, the, the thing yeah. is, though, is the other nominees were not listed. The artists, or the singers, rather, were not listed as writers. It, on the Grammy side, it is. On the Grammy side, it is? I wonder they why they didn't display the it on TV show. then. Yeah, they didn't have them there. Because yeah. on television, it had Begin Again, Taylor Swift... It yeah, had merry-go-round Casey Musgraves and her co-writers. I forgot the names. Yeah, that is strange, though. I, and I for Mama's Broken Heart, it, it did not list um, Miranda Lambert. Lambert. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, it could, we'll probably have could to be based on the number again. of writers on there that you just didn't well, put Miranda out. Lambert. They have her name in parentheses on it, but Miranda did not had nothing to do with the writing of Mama's Broken Heart. No, yeah, Steve, didn't. I think what you're looking at is they're probably listing who the singer is. That's Casey's song, and then she, Miranda used it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. it, it's fair. Country song went to Casey. Now, album of the year is the one I have a huge, huge issue. Uh, what the heck? The thing really? about this, though, that makes me feel a little bit better is it's not just like Taylor fans who are having an issue with this. No, it's, it's not like at all. a lot of people. Okay, real quick, before we get into that debate, it went to Daft Punk. They looked like they meant to go to the moon and for some reason, like, wound up at the Grammys. Okay, but really weird. So we're clear, Daft Punk has looked like that always and forever since the beginning. Yeah, but this is the first time that I've ever seen them, and I was really confused. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Yeah. They've been around for a long time, and they've always looked like that. They wear those helmets every time they go anywhere. Weird. And the Grammys kept making this big deal about how their performance was the first performance they were doing for the first time in, like, six years. I was like, why is that relevant? Why? Like, no. Wait, what did they say, Sammy? It was the first performance they had done, I don't know if in America or in general, but it was the first one they had done in six years. The Grammys kept saying that over and over and over and over. Yeah, they don't perform live ever. They don't take their helmets off ever. They're really interesting people. Um. Well, regardless of who they are as people, that album did not deserve album of the year. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think so. I have an issue with that. And like I even said something on Twitter shortly after that I was pissed, not because Taylor didn't win, but because Daft Punk did win. Yeah, it has nothing to do with being a Taylor fan. It has to do with being a music fan. And, I mean, of course I wanted Taylor to win. But I really did think Macklemore and Ryan Lewis were going to win. And I was shocked when they didn't. Yeah. Now, something I think worth pointing out, despite it being very sad and making Maya cry before uh, we recorded. I think it made all of us cry, really. It upset me, too. I know, but it's worth bringing up, and I'll get to why in just a sec. There was a point when they did announce Daft Punk, their album called Random Access Memory, that Taylor and her little entourage around her, everyone that was with her, got really excited when they heard the rip. And then and up like they all like jump up and look excited. It's like Taylor and Ed Sheeran and Stuart, who is Ed's like manager, and Robert Allen, who is Taylor's tour manager, and Taylor's mom, and they all like jump and start clapping and then realize it's not her. And oh my god! Right. And something important to note is that Taylor kept clapping for them. Yeah, yeah she, she did. She, she kind of stop. immediately composed herself and started clapping and like you know because she's a classy lady. Right. But the reason I wanted to point it out though is for all the haters that keep saying Taylor's surprised face is an act. <laughs> that was not an act. No, there that was, was not gut at all. instinct right there. Nope. Yeah, that was not an act. She was reacting because she thought for a half a second that she won the award. And did not expect it. She was legitimately surprised. And had she won the award, she would have been legitimately surprised. Yeah. So that's why I think it was pointing out. But I really don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it because it was really sad seeing her face after she realized they said random access memory, which Diane kindly pointed out is something that belongs in your computer, not on the Grammy stage winning album of the year. (laughs) Yeah, RAM, you know, hard drives. And then you got RAM there for the physical memory and, you know. No. Steve, would you like to give us like the quick lecture? No, I'm kidding. Please don't no, no, tell no, us no, about no. the inner workings of a computer. I really don't no, care. No, no, no. No, that's... <laughs> 
So those were the awards, all four of them, Country Duo, Country Album, Country Song, Album of the Year. Congrats to all the winners of those, except for Daft Punk, who I resent. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I, I really think... What, is Daft that... Punk going to be listening to me right now? No, they're not listening to Taylor Talk. I don't. They're not going to hear this. So... I mean, they had a good song. I actually own that album, and it's mm, an okay Steve. album. It's Get that's Lucky the thing. is a it's great an song, okay but then it kind of album. Yeah. It's like decent. Not it's the fine. biggest award of the night at the Grammys. It's albums they that are fine mediocre? should not win album of the year. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be the best album that came out this year, not like the okay album that came out this right. year. Like, I mean, Sarah Bareilles had a great album too. That was yep. another one that I would have been happy to see win or Macklemore or Taylor, you know, th- those were all great albums. So, well, I think the reason Taylor was so disappointed is because I think she's truly proud of what she put out with red and would have liked to get the Grammy for that. I kind of, and I know that I'm going to get hate for this and I do really, really apologize, but I am kind of confused. Sammy, I hate you. Well, ah. well let me finish my sentence. I'm kidding. But, and then you can hate me, but I'm kind of confused as to why the Grammys thought that, Fearless was Grammy worthy over Red. I, That's true. I mean, I love Fearless. I'm it's absolutely. Because, I'm not saying like, I don't. Taylor but... was so young then and so new, and she, like, being that young, she came out with this album that was really mature for her age and like really well produced and well written and like did so well commercially and it kind of caught everyone by surprise. So I think it then. The yeah, way that she writes was new and interesting and different and surprising. And That's a fair because, point. You know, she was 18. I mean, now she's old. <laughs> no, that's definitely a fair point, though, Maya. It could be relative. any less talented, but it's not. It's like not a surprise anymore. You're like, okay, yeah, Taylor's amazing. So then Got the it. question is, what does she have to do on her next album to, you know, gain that, quote unquote, respect from the Grammys again? I don't know. Get out so of the mainstream spotlight. I guess. Sammy, did, weren't you the one that said that usually the Grammys seem to go to the underdogs? Yeah, I said that. I did say so that. So that I think you've just proved your point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for example, I don't think that like going for like working with like people like Dr. Luke is the best path to an album of the year Grammy because it's like you know they're pop Dr. Luke and Max Martin. They're too. They mainstream. make hits for a living. That's I don't know. True. Like, I think she might have to do something different if she wants to get That's this. That's true, though. Again. But then, why? Why was Speak Now like caught by the wayside because she wrote that all by herself? She didn't use any of those people. Yeah, I mean, because is, it was this still, is a songwriters award, though. Both of these albums still like it's still it's hurt. Like when it was Fearless, it was everyone was just kind of blown away because. Of the quality of it and her being so young and so, like, new. And now she's been around for a while and everyone knows how amazing she is, but it's not, it's like, it's not fair, but it's, like, not as exciting anymore. Well, that's what I... Kind of like Lord. I... Oh, (laughs) Steve, Steve, don't, don't get me started. hold on, let's talk about her. No, 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 we're talking about Taylor right now, and I had something (laughs) I wanted to say about uh, Fearless. You can't the fact- just not talk about Lord just because you don't like <laughs> her. Okay, but we're going to talk about her after you have something to say about Fearless, okay? Well, maybe, but I was still on one topic, and you're I'm trying to change it to off. another. I, I totally lost my train of thought, but let me try and get back on here. I think I was, what I was going to say is that it, it was relative. With Fearless, it was, uh, like Sammy said, the underdog thing. And then I'm trying to regain my thoughts here. You all distracted me with this Lord nonsense. 
You're so unfairly biased. It's ridiculous. I'm not. She looked like she was having a seizure on stage. Okay, Adam. There's a time we're going to talk about Lord Later. Say your Taylor thing. I'm trying to remember (laughs) it now. You got me heated. You said it was about fearless fearless or about speak now or. Oh, yes. What was it? It was about the self-titled album. It oh, it was it was going lives. back to something I said earlier about how I think that um, the industry people that vote on it have kind of an unfair bias where Taylor wasn't more popular than all of them back before. I mean, <laughs> she's like, think about think about when you're in high school, for example, and you have the popular girl, the metaphorical cheer captain, right? Mm. How many people how many people who are average students in school hate her? Because she's the most popular and most successful and gets everything she wants. So they're jealous, you think? And that's the reason why they don't vote for her? Is that what you're getting at? It could be part of it. It's I mean, we like don't know. Je- I think it's just she's not like a novelty anymore. Lord is a novelty. What about Justin Timberlake? She's I mean, not. He, he didn't. He had an awesome album. And he and really he didn't did get any. Did not do very well. Yeah. yeah. Didn't he win something for suit and tie, or am I making that up? No, he did. It was it for Telecast, uh, right? Holy, holy Grail. Yeah, Holy Grail. Oh, okay. okay. Which was Jay Z's album. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Did, did Beyonce even win anything this year? Who? Well, I guess her her album still. Beyonce. Uh, her be her her Beyonce. Her album <laughs> just came out. Yeah, right. it wasn't out in enough time. So. Right. So let's move out of the awards for a minute and into Taylor's performance, because this is, what, the fifth Grammy she's performed at, I think, if I counted right? Yes, you're right. 2010, 12, 13, and 14. So, yeah, fifth time she performed at the Grammys. What did you think of the performance? Actually, first, I do want to point out the fact that this was a song that wasn't nominated or a single, but one that fans asked her for. This is like the coolest thing ever that yep, she would is. do that for us. How cool is that? Like, I want everybody listening right now to like pat yourself on the back, especially if you were one of the people that tweeted Taylor or Scott Burchetta or whoever the powers may be, because a lot of people did that and Taylor listened. And that is cool. That is that's very crazy. Cool. That like, is very, that's super not cool. Not many artists would do that. Like, because she's not releasing that song as a single or anything. She there's like she could have done something promotional. Mm-hmm. But she just did the song I do that we wanted that, her to play. She was announced as a performer a while ago. And I mean, obviously she had seen our tweets about her singing all too well at the Grammys. But I wonder if that was the plan all along or if she had something else in mind and she saw all our tweets and was like, oh, never mind. I don't think it was the original plan because I know we discussed it and I don't think anybody on our panel really felt that she was going to play all too well. I actually thought it was 100% sure not going to happen. So did I. Yeah, (laughs) It just didn't really make any sense. Like, in terms of a business move. Was she the only one that performed a song that wasn't one of the ones that they kind of had as kind of their big hit that was up for it? Because I was thinking about Um, everybody else. Because it was all... Yeah, Hunter was a new song. But that was promotional, so that makes sense. Yeah, but but it's based on the fact that they had everybody that was up for Album of the Year perform. So I'm saying everybody that was up for Album of the Year, they all performed pretty much their current hit or their big hit, you know. Yeah, they did. Well, here's the thing. performed I Knew You Were Trouble. They kept playing it over and over and over. Right, right. Yeah, she could have easily performed that song, but... She well, here's but she also performed that at different. the at the nominations. They had her performing that in Australia. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't know that she would have formed. You know it again. what's interesting though is I'm just looking um, on my phone at the iTunes charts, and All Too Well is currently uh, at number 31 on yep. the okay. songs. So it's yeah. moving up there. I guess people it liked was it. 37 earlier. So yeah. yeah. So it's moving up the ranks. And it was like mm-hmm. 200 or 300 earlier, like before the Grammys even started. Yeah. But Steve, speaking of your point, asking whether or not she was the only one that didn't perform one of her big hits. You have to kind of think, too, about motivations. Like, Hunter Hayes performed a brand new song that was promotional, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people would perform a song that's nominated for the awards, just because that's logical. Right. Taylor didn't need to do any of those. So what did she do? She did the ones her fans wanted. She That Absolutely. just is what made sense for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's made great. a lot of sense for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why she did it. And we but, loved it. <laughs> that was about, yeah, we did. That was the best thing that she could have done. I mean... It was... The, it was exactly what we wanted there was right. no muss no fuss it was it was kind of it was close to the um tour performance but it also had its own little things and you know her being it was perfect <laughs> i couldn't have asked for better it did the addition of backup singers because i don't think does she use backup singers on tour i don't remember them she did so, she does she, yeah she had the yeah. girls singing with her for yeah. it it starts by herself and then it goes in with the girls in the band once, like, the drums come in and everything, then it yeah. kind of turns into a big production. In that case, I feel it was definitely more, I guess, more prevalent in this one. Like, I actually noticed it. There was, like, five of them, so. Yeah, because it was yeah. just such a big sound this time. I yeah, and then she like had both, amped it up. And she had both Matt and Daniel go with her mm-hmm. to play the drums, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. It was, and that was kind of cool that she had Daniel Sedanek because he was on the Speak Now tour, but not the Red tour. Right. Just kind of brought him back. It's and then neat. everyone thought that Matt wasn't coming, but then Matt tweeted that he was coming. So we were like, yay, everyone's coming. So she just had a bigger band. Yeah. yeah. It was just overall a bigger sound, which is pretty cool because it seems like she focused a lot more on the music rather than the performance, which really is neat for the Grammys because the Grammys is the biggest night in music to steal their line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, it's really cool that she picked a song that is probably lyrically one of her strongest songs ever and made it even bigger and made it very musical focused on the music. And the thing that I liked most about it, well, not most about it, but the thing that I liked about it was that, she didn't cut it. I mean, she cut it a little bit musically, but she didn't. A lot of people performances have to be kind of short for Grammys. You know, they have 19 of them. They can't all be six, seven minute long performances. Um, and so she did cut certain musical aspects of it, but she didn't cut any lyrics of it, which a lot of people were I had seen on Twitter were worried that she would. And I was impressed that she didn't. Well, one of the things I was looking for is I wondered if she was like on the tour, she did the pause and look at the audience part. And I was curious if she was going to do that in this performance or not. And she did not. So Yeah. And she at the the beginning, the first verse and the second verse, there's usually a longer musical thing in there and she cut it. So there wasn't one. Steve, you also have to consider the audience, too, for that matter, though, because on tour, when she pauses, it's so her fans can cheer. This right. was an audience of other musicians and stuff. So odds <laughs> are if she understand. paused, she would have sat there awkwardly looking at a crowd who was just looking back at her. <laughs> yeah, like, what's <laughs> she going to do next? <laughs> yeah, like, it, do we did, cheer did she, now? What do we do? Did she forget the words to her own song? <laughs> What's going on? 
Um, something I did notice, though, that was a little bit different for me was her facial expressions here versus tour. Because on tour, she was very sad. Here, she looked like she was going to, like, kill somebody. She did yeah. look very intense. There were some performances on tour when she looked like she was going to kill somebody. Yeah, I definitely, I can there remember. There were a few that was, where she oh, was okay. pissed about that scarf. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you take my scarf? She was angry, man. I wonder why that is. Like, is it something personal to her right now where she's just mad about something? So she just takes that to this I song? I didn't get a maybe? whole lot of mad. I think she was no, just trying I to be emotional. Oh, okay. It's also like, I feel like you have to play it different when it's very different, like being in a huge arena or stadium and having a camera literally two inches from your face. That's you know? true. Like you, you can't do it the same because it's going to look weird. You also have to remember that the audience that she was playing for tonight isn't necessarily an audience that knows the whole story behind that song. And so you kind of have to, like, I kind of felt like she had to pick an emotion, whereas, like, on tour, she can kind of bounce back and forth between sad and anger and, you know, everything that the song portrays, whereas at the Grammys, not necessarily everybody knows the whole emotional epic saga that is that song. And so she kind of had to pick one and was like, okay, I think you know, anger will portray the most to these cameras, to the audience, to everybody. So let's go with that. Yeah, I mean, this was a lot of people's first impression of this song. So, like, she needed to sort of give them a full picture of it, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, how funny was it, though, before she performed, when they showed a piano and everyone started freaking out there. I almost had a heart attack. I was like, she's singing. And then it was John Legend, I think. And I was like, wait a second. Why would they do that to us? Wait, that's not Taylor. But there was that. And then during the pre-show, if you watch the loading camera, like they brought in like three or four different pianos and everyone was like, oh my God, it's that piano. That's her piano. That's her trees. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was, um, it it was fun's piano. Okay. There was lots of pianos that there were a lot of pianos. That's all right. A lot of musicians play a lot of pianos. Well, I know, but it it seems like a lot of music that's popular right now seems to be used on pianos. That's all. Yeah, it was like the theme of the night. Cool. My favorite thing about that moment when we all freaked out was um, uh, Brittany Meadows, who was Mike Meadows' wife, in case you don't know, um, t- tweeted, John Legend better not be stealing Tay's piano thunder because I'll meet him by the ba- bike racks after school and show him what's up. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nice. That's really I love her. She's my favorite. In case you don't know, Brittany Meadows has the best award show live tweets in the history really of does. the world. Um, at Britmarie17. Seriously, she's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. So how do you guys think this performance compared to past Grammy performances? Like, was this your favorite out of all five? I would say it's definitely, like, tied for first, I would say. Yeah. Because Mean mean, was awesome. So it's kind of hard to pick between those two. My favorite will always be 15 with Miley Cyrus. Always. Well, speaking to that then, Sammy, why don't we actually start at the, the beginning and move forward? So 15 featuring Miley Cyrus was the first time Taylor performed at the Grammys in 2009. Yep. And Sammy, you picked it as your favorite, but I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. <laughs> you okay. don't like Miley really, though. Well, I don't love Miley right now either. I just love that it was acoustic. I love that it was, you know, she didn't. I, I just I love the no no fluff with her. I just I love that. I mean, I love when she gets, you know, all, you know, everything. But 
I also just love when it's just her and her guitar and oh my god, I just love that. See, I, I just I just love it. Taylor and her guitar, great. Taylor, Miley, and their guitars, not so great because Miley is not the performer Taylor is, and even back no, then but, in two thousand nine, you know, if you go find a hater, then everyone's gonna say that Taylor isn't a good performer either. So you can't really have that's that. That's true, but I just feel like with okay, like Taylor has such like a pure sounding voice and Miley is almost kind of like hard and raspy so just their voices together I don't feel like meshed very well so to me I don't feel like it just like it didn't work because they just have such different styles I don't know maybe it was just because it was the first Taylor thing I really ever saw honestly that it just like stuck in my head and I forever have it in my head I don't know I love it I stand by it Okay. That's fair. <laughs> so the next year was Today Was a Fairy Tale. Then it went into a performance with Stevie Nicks where they did her song Rhiannon and Taylor's You Belong With Me. That, that was, was a mess. Well, yeah, that, that was, was a mess. That was definitely the most controversial one because that's the one that inspired the critic of presumably Bob Leffitz. I don't know if I should throw that name out there, but it, that's kind of the uh, okay. one it speculated that trashed Taylor and then she wrote Mean. I almost feel like that performance was kind of a mess not not necessarily because of the way it sounded just because there was three songs in one performance i mean like they just jumped all over the place adam and i were talking about this earlier and i legitimately didn't remember that she sang today was a fairy tale in there i like at all like it was this i mean i remember the stevie nicks part i remember the you know she couldn't hear herself part i remember the hate after it but the performance as a whole was just not that memorable and ironically, that was the year that she won Album of the Year. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, she deserved Album of the Year. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I But when I rewatched it before we recorded, like, I didn't think it was as weak as people make it out to be. No. I think the only weak part was when Taylor was singing Stevie Nicks' song. And that yeah. could have been just because it's not her song, so she just wasn't comfortable. Yeah. But I think it was that, and she also couldn't hear herself because she kept fidgeting with her earpiece thing, and it was just, I mean, it wasn't a dreadful mess, obviously, because people still watched her, and I still love her, and we all still love her, or else we wouldn't be here, but yeah, just wasn't that memorable. Okay. <laughs> so moving on to 2012 then, we skip a year, 2011. Taylor must have been taking a nap or something, I don't know. <laughs> Working on an album, you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever the case may be, she wasn't performing at the Grammy. So 2012 was mean best grammys performance ever from taylor like the whole set and the costumes and it was just incredible like the whole show yeah definitely and by far the most memorable part was because she was coming off of the performance we just talked about that was highly criticized resulted in the writing of mean is when taylor (laughs) tweaked the lyrics to say someday i'll be singing this at the grammys and all you're ever going to be is mean. Yep. Nice. So love it. Perfect. I love it. It was awesome. And I even remember talking about that on Taylor Talk episode something. I don't even know going Oh, it that was early back. on. Because yeah, that was when we had just started. Yeah, it. that was two years ago. So it was like episode eight or something early on. But I remember talking about that and like just the sense of empowerment. Like it, it's like one of those things where Taylor can just sort of get her jab in like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was awesome. Makes me happy. Yep. And of course, last year, we are never ever going to be back together. I don't know how I feel about that, because that was basically, it was pretty similar to 
the Red Tour. Maybe it was almost like rehearsal for the Red Tour. I mean, well, if you're going to say that, then the performance of Mean was exactly like Tour. It wasn't, though. It was a different set. It was yeah, very similar, it but it was a, a different set. Bigger. It was its But own it was thing. nearly the same set, and it was exactly the same costumes. I they guess. It changed at the end, but besides that, it was the same. I guess, but Taylor also used that as an opportunity to use her British accent, supposedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that for, was we were never I thought that was funny. Together. I, I thought it was too. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No. Well, what did what, what did she say? She's like, "I still love you," and like, yeah. When she was doing the talking part, she did that part in a British accent. I thought it was funny. I think sometimes you just have to be a bitch, but like, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah. What? That's, I don't know. No, I I agree with that. I thought it was hilarious. I guess, and but I, I never thought this was about Harry, this song. I guess it could be adapted to anyone, Well, really. yeah, you could make it be about anybody. Yeah, I don't right. think, I don't know if it originally was, but I think in that moment it was. I well, I think that. that part wasn't quite as bad as when she said, sorry, I'm busy opening up the Grammys. Why, you think that just sounded cocky? Yeah. But what's the That's difference between deal, though, saying that like, oh. and saying what she said in Mean? Someday... I'll be singing this at the Grammys. Like she, like she still meant to snub somebody with each comment. Yeah. So why do you feel like what she said last year was better? I just think it. I just think it was. I mean, was worse. Sorry. Worse. I, I just. I just think. I don't know. It was just maybe because it was a jab at a former relationship rather than a critic that she was upstaging. I. I don't know. I mean, I almost think it's because with Mean, like we kind of know the, you know, like what 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 happened you know this guy was mean to her about her voice but with we are never getting back together we don't know what happened with harry so it's kind of hard to judge maybe do you know what i'm saying like since we don't know the whole story or maybe it just rubbed me wrong because it was a double jab it was the british accent thing I and then that line didn't even remember that she did that and we are never getting back together to be really I mean, honest. until you just brought it up right now i'd forgotten about it yeah like, like i remembered it in me and i sing it that way when i sing when me oh. comes on my radio and i'm in the <laughs> shower that's how i sing it um but we are never ever getting back together i totally forgot that she did that so that would make me better i agree thank right. you steve for that input <laughs> <laughs> i'm still here by the way I know you are. It it gets a little busy with five on the panel, but I, I mean, I everybody I'm, had I'm a lot just... to say. <laughs> so I think that's why everyone wanted to be here for this particular episode. Music. The biggest mm-hmm. night in music. So what else from the Grammys? I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for Taylor. We covered her outfit. We covered her awards that she didn't get. And we thought they were all relatively fair, except album of the year, because Daft Punk is not very good. And her performance was absolutely that, phenomenal. Oh, cool J wasn't mean to her. Yeah, no, yeah cool that J was refreshing. She, like, they, like, like, he like made a point to be like, you know, you're raising a whole generation of girls to write about their feelings and write music, which will then expand music for generations and generations. And I was appreciative that he was very nice to her. I okay. think the two of them get along pretty good, actually. Yeah, I think they remember do, Remember the too. commercials from uh, the Grammys last year? Where it was Taylor yeah, when and they, now Cool J together. Didn't they co-host the Grammy nominations together last year? Yeah, so, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so that was really cool. Um, Can we talk about Lord now? Is that an okay <laughs> moment? Uh, do we have to? Yeah. Cause... Well, I, th- I, th- I think there's two more things we should probably cover. I Before know it Lord? may not be Taylor-related, but maybe like our favorite performance. 
Uh-huh. We should throw one of those out there, too. Steve, mm-hmm. from a biased perspective, though, and unbiased, uh, Taylor was my favorite performance. Okay. No, Pe- but your favorite, favorite not beyond Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Taylor doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, Taylor doesn't count. Just name me another one. None of the uh, above. What? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could. I guess I could go with. I guess I could go with Paul and Ringo because, as everyone knows, I'm the biggest Beatles fan. Like, well, I can't say I'm the biggest in the world because I haven't met every other Beatles fan. But I'm a pretty big Beatles fan. Okay, that, that was so, pretty. See, that wasn't hard. Yeah, but see, that was that was legendary. I, I wasn't a, a huge fan of the song, but it yeah. was wonderful to see the two of them together, and also Yoko Ono. I mean, it was a real special Beatles moment and I'm glad I got to watch that well I mean Steve the thing is is in our lifetime well not your lifetime but the rest of our lifetimes (laughs) that's the closest we're gonna get to a Beatles performance because John Lennon was assassinated in 1980 before all of us except for Steve were born Mm -hmm. when was Steve born oh we don't talk about that (laughs) (laughs) Diane you can't ask a lady her age but either way that uh, you know that's the closest we're ever really going to get to a beatles performance in, in our generation so right. you know the remaining beatles getting together and doing a performance was fantastic and phenomenal and i loved it and cried a little bit and oh it, it's n- got to see it adam i yeah. oh believe me the tears were nothing compared to when i went to see paul mccartney in concert Wow. I was at the top of the 300 section, like as high as you can be. I was like on the back wall, like crying. We all have those concerts. I can go back to my instinct days when I was up in the 400 <laughs> at MetLife Stadium and I was crying. Nice. What <laughs> about right. everybody else? What did you like? I liked Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Oh my goodness. Me too. That was epic. Like, I everything, think... I just, if I really wish Madonna hadn't been there. Yeah. But. Every, I loved everything else. Okay, can somebody tell me when Queen Latifah became authorized to marry people? <laughs> I thought you, can, you can get, um, oh, what's it called? Online. Ordained. Yeah. Yeah. It takes like 10 minutes. I suppose Very anyone easy. can do it if they My want to. My cousin did that so he could um, officiate his sister's wedding. It's very didn't easy. They, didn't they do a wedding at the ACMs a few years back? They, they did. They did. Um, Everybody. Train and Martina McBride did right, marry right. me together. But that was one wedding. couple, though. This was, I believe, 34 couples. A lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Gay and straight couples. So it was just yep. really cool. It was Yeah, cool. I really liked it. And the whole audience is crying, and it was like, <sighs> it was so good. Definitely. Does anyone else have a favorite performance? Uh, Carol King and Sarah yeah, Bell. That, that was, was really cool. Good. It was like the that was dueling cool. pianos. It was like dueling pianos, yeah. <laughs> Give me I'll, a dollar, I'll play whatever song you want. <laughs> Although, Steve, I think Sarah Bareilles sounded better. She she did. But you also have to remember, we're dealing with some people that may not be quite in their prime anymore. And they really, I think Carol King did a great job. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, she's put out albums here. I mean, we're talking 70s is kind of, you know, her prime time. So for the fact that she's still doing great music today... And I, I, my favorite part was at the end, like Sarah Bareilles just like flips out. She's like so happy that I know, you know she started to be able like jumping up and down. She's so, so cute. cute. Yeah. And, and then Carol King was, you know, happy to see that people like Sarah Bareilles were, you know, continuing the great music of the world. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. cool. So, moment. what do you guys think was the highlight of the night? Besides Taylor Swift playing all too well, right? <laughs> yeah, really. Is that a question? I'm I don't understand. That. I mean, yes. Besides Taylor, because well, it's hard because we're well. biased. Like for me, that was like the reason I wanted to watch 
this, you know, yeah, tonight. I wouldn't have watched it if she wasn't going to be there. Uh, okay, maybe I'll give my example uh, as an example. Okay, um, go for it. I was going to say my highlight was when Taylor imitated Jennifer Lawrence sneaking up behind her and she looked like a dinosaur. <laughs> oh, that was before on the um, red red carpet when she was talking to Ryan Seacrest. Exactly. Yeah. And she was talking about the incident because that happened when she was talking to Ryan Seacrest. Nice. You know, that Jennifer Lawrence snuck up behind her. And so mm-hmm. I thought it was funny because they were talking about the incident and Taylor did her imitation and she looked just like her, the same face and everything. She looked like a dinosaur. Exactly. <laughs> so what else we got? My my favorite thing is pretty much what you'll see at any uh, award show that Taylor has a good time. I mean, she yep. was dancing uh, when Pharrell was up there on stage and everything. And it just... You know, because that was what uh, Pharrell and uh, Ma- I loved Magic her Dragons. dancing to Kendrick. That was my favorite. Oh, sorry, that's sorry, that was that yeah, was Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Lamar and Magic she had, she yeah. is the whitest white girl ever. <laughs> I love it. Okay, Diane, you have thirty seconds to talk about Lord. Thank you. Okay. Thirty seconds. I don't know you're why you're clock. saying this because I'm not like a super like diehard fan of Lord, but I just thought it was great that she won not one but two Grammys yeah, it's because a big deal for her. she's only seventeen and she was so like surprised. I just thought it was really sweet. And yeah, maybe her songs aren't necessarily our style, but when she performed, I believe Taylor was the only one that that that, that um. Um, stood up for her and it just shows that they have a really strong friendship I don't know I, I feel I like, like also like I was you know kind of like Adam and I was big time anti Lord but her performances live have gotten much better over the past couple months and I give her a lot of credit for that I don't know if yeah, she's yeah I was so lessons, proud of her but... I was listening like she was not getting off key as much as she usually yeah. does it sounded really nice yeah I, I didn't have a problem watching it I quite enjoyed it me too. What about you, you, Adam? You know what I think the best part of Lord's performance was? Oh, no. When it finished? I really don't want to know this. I, I like Sammy's answer, but no, that wasn't it. It was Brian Mansfield's tweet about the performance. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> uh, so Brian Mansfield, for those who don't know, he's the national correspondent for USA Today. He's uh, written about Taylor since her career began, so they have a longstanding relationship. He's a cool guy. And we actually had him on Taylor Talk, episode eight. Does anyone remember? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. I just think it was eight. But anyway, so he tweeted. The first person Taylor followed on Twitter. He is the first person Taylor ever followed on Twitter. There's a fun fact about him. Uh, but I thought it was funny. He tweeted about a weeping angel being behind Lord, and then in all caps, don't blink. Oh my God. How? Yeah, that was that was creepy. So the, the Doctor Who fans are going to appreciate that the weeping angels being one of the monsters from Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> but I thought that was funny. I was really excited to find out Brian Mansfield was uh, not only making fun of Lord, but also a Doctor Who fan. Is that, what do they call them? Whovians, I think. Yeah, Whovians. They do, they do indeed. That's, Brian Mansfield is such a better fan name than we do. <laughs> Brian Mansfield is a okay in my book for that tweet. So that's what I had to say about Lord's performance. Okay, I'm glad it wasn't right, super negative. So I think that about, just about wraps up our Grammys coverage. I hope everybody out there listening enjoyed it and i appreciate you guys sitting in before we wrap up the episode though we're going to go through a few mini segments and i mean just a few uh we've got a whole bunch next week for you but let's i don't know maya can start it off why not um okay so our first one is from swift agency 13 um and she said you know you're a swifty when you're talking on the phone with your brother but taylor comes on the radio so you hang up on him 
then in parentheses, he was mad. <laughs> oh, he'll get over it. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I can I can relate to this. I've never hung up to anybody on the phone, but I have this thing where if I pull into wherever I'm supposed to be going, whether it's my house or my job or my school, and Taylor is on the radio, I will not get out of the car until the song's over. Even if it's our song, I won't get out of the car until it's over. <laughs> nice. Okay, this next one comes via email from Lena. And it's, if Swifties ruled the world, all the streets would be things that relate to Taylor. <laughs> that would be cool. And, and the funny thing about that, there is a street um, in the town that is actually called Taylor Street. And every time I pass by it, I'm always like, oh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, Taylor Street can be like Main Street. And then you can have ones that go off of it, like named after her songs. You can have like Swift Road and Andrea Way and Scott Street. And... The, the one street I wouldn't go down, though, would be treacherous. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> da-da. That would be a dead end. That was a good one, Steve. Mm-hmm. Sammy, what's the next one? You know you're Swifty when you cry and cry because you never got to see the Speak Now or Fearless Tour. Sydney. Oh. That's really sad. I can relate, though, because I am upset on a frequent basis about not having seen the Fearless Tour. I have not either. Yeah, like, I get I bummed about it when I, I see videos. I didn't get to see her to open for Brad Paisley. Oh, yeah, really that was way back. That. And he came to me. Oh, never mind. It's a different conversation. But anyway, <laughs> I missed it. And I was sad. All right. Next one was an email from Nozomi who said, you know you're a Swifty when you write a poem for English literature class based on a Taylor Swift song, Ronin. The teacher tries complimenting you by saying that it is a hundred times better than anything Taylor could ever write. Instead of being happy, you become angry and start an argument with him. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, wow. So I asked Nozomi if we could read the poem on here, and we got permission. So do you guys want to hear it? Sure. Yes. Let's hear sure. it. All right. I think You Are Too Little is the uh, title of it. And it says, Your little hand wrapped around my finger tightly. I see where that line came from. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> so your little hand wrapped around my finger tightly. What a peaceful, serene scene tonight. Your little face lit up so brightly, and everything was right. Then winter came with his icy mire. Darkness chilled to the bone. We gathered all around the fire. But you were all alone, an empty bed with empty sheets. The crab's curse took your life. A tiny heart no longer beats. Our lives now filled with strife. Through it all, you stayed strong. You would live, I swore. In our hearts you belong live forevermore oh that's awesome that's really sad. yeah that's really good it is good it's so sad though and i see where the inspiration from ronan came hold from hold on so. i have a question what does she or what do they mean by the crab's curse i was wondering like that cancer too. um oh, is that a the zodiac the zodiac yeah. sign cancer um a crab is the symbol for cancer oh that's really clever that oh is deep gosh. yeah that's cool that's a great poem i'm glad we got permission to share that i hope everyone yeah, else liked it too all right, and our final one comes from Hopeless Romantic 13 or 213 on Taylor Connect, and they say, You know you're Swifty when it's your first day at work, and when your boss asks, Tell me about yourself, you reply with, I'm a hardcore Taylor Swift fan. Boom! Yeah, Love yeah, it. Way to be much. remembered. <laughs> hey, do you know what? Going even a step further, I actually have Taylor talk on my resume. So, in several <laughs> interviews I've been to, literally the first thing is, Okay, what is this Taylor Swift thing you've got going on? I've gotten that question in every single interview. <laughs> Ever. Nice. It's actually pretty funny. 
but thank you to everybody who sent in mini segment submissions. Uh, we have a few that we didn't get a chance to use on this episode, but they will be on the next episode. Just want to throw that out there. So don't feel left out. All right, cool. If you want to submit for future episodes, you know, there are, Oh man, I'm trying to think of a creative word. I've used multitude, plethora, a variety. What's another word? Someone give a me another lot? A bunch. <laughs> Those are too simple. They're not creative enough. A plethora. A closet full of ways. I don't know. A closet full? I was just trying to think of something Let's weird. Let's look in the thesaurus and see if we can find a synonym for plethora. <laughs> a ginormous. Overabundance. Aha. Surplus. Too many. Superabundance. I like this one. All right, if you guys want to submit, we have a super abundance of ways that you can contact oh, us. <laughs> you can email us, taylortalk at taylorswift13.org. You can tweet us, Facebook us, or Taylor Connect us. Or ask us a, a, a question on askfm, ask.fm, slash taylortalk13. All of those methods are username taylortalk13. U.S. and Canada, you can leave us a voicemail or text message to area code 24031. Swift. Everybody else, you can visit our website, taylortalk.org, and leave us a voicemail directly on the website. There's a button there on the side that says send voicemail. You can do it that way. And as always, if you forgot, just head on over to taylortalk.org slash contact, and all of our contact methods are there listed for you. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to our Grammy discussion here, but it's time to say goodbye. So for episode 118, of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. This has been Adam. Maya. I'm Diane. Sammy. And Steve. And Steve. <laughs> Saying, have a great day, guys, and we will see you all next week for episode 119. Hopefully, Diane won't be sick on that one with her stuffy nose. She's going she's gonna to be back with us in full health. But for now, we'll say goodbye. Bye. See you guys. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.